Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. My name is Nick Ingvall. I'm with my guys, Rowett, Mike, and Robbie to talk about sneakers. I'm going to just jump right into this episode. We got an interesting little stat sheet that I'm looking at right now. I'm going to ask you guys, I guess you've already seen this, so it doesn't matter, but (laughs) what shoe do you think is the most, what shoe brand do you think is the most recognized in the United States right now? Adidas. You're right. You're absolutely right. Adidas, (laughs) which doesn't make any sense to me, but it's beside the point. We'll get into this. See, I... I do think it makes sense in a little bit, but go on. Okay. Well, let's get into it. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Right? Can't complain on his end. I'm apparently wearing Skechers according to market data, <laughs> so I'm good. <laughs> I don't think you're sketchy at all, Robbie. <laughs> I mean, that girl that gets in fights in school, it's, it's Sketch hers. Hey, yeah. it's not his story. It's her story, and Skechers is clearly leading the way. So the gist of this story is leading sneaker brands ranked by brand awareness in the United States. This is as of, I think, November of 2023 or December of 2023. Just to rattle off the first handful, Adidas, Nike, Puma, Reebok, Jordan, Surprise with Champion at number six, Converse, Skechers, New Balance, Vans, and then we get into some others. One thing that we didn't talk about before the show that I'm just going to throw out there. It's absolutely wild that Crocs is not on this list. So either the people that put mm-hmm. this survey together miss a huge opportunity or somehow people don't think Crocs think of Crocs as sneakers. You think that's possible? But is it sneaker brands or shoe brands? I mean, it's sneaker brands, but like okay, Champion is not a sneaker brand necessarily. They're like a sportswear but brand that i makes... have seen champion sneakers yeah yeah like, i've I... seen them floating around but you would think yeah, that there's I mean, I crossover the... there right true i don't know it's just i mean with all the me. collaborations and the like the piece of pop culture is in i feel like you could make an argument it could be on that list yeah nick before we go any further could you just give us a little bit of a like context around who did the survey or like a little bit more about the specifics so just so we get a clearer picture yeah survey is um it's by a company called statista consumer insights and uh so this is november 2023 100 uh sorry 1247 respondents the ages range from 18 to 64 and it was done online so i think that also seeing that it was done online that also plays into the oddity to me that crocs is not on that list because we've seen croc like sneakers from every one of those companies at this point It seems like it would be top of mind with, especially if you're down to like 18 years old, right? And if you were, if you're thinking about the way you would do a survey like that too, like if you're like, I'm going to go get suburban moms, you know, 
they're wearing Crocs, you know, like they're comfortable. So I don't know. Beside the point, though. No, well, I know. Now, I know. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Well, no, I was going to say now the question of, you know, I mean, I know if you look at the chart, Nike and Adidas are about what? What it was 94 percent of top. Uh, but being the year of the uh, Samba online, I mean, everywhere you look, someone on TikTok, Facebook, or not Facebook, Instagram, wherever is wearing Sambas or, you know, pushing Sambas. It's, it makes sense that that's that online presence. You're getting that that response of, hey, they're neck and neck with Nike. If you, if you look in that aspect. Well, Sambas are for the girlies, man. I mean, I mean that in a positive way. There's such a huge market of feet that like wearing that shoe and have sustained likability in that shoe. I mean, mostly the white pair, right? But I mean, black pair gets a lot of love, but those white Sambas, man, like it's the white Air Force One, it's the 550, which are also, I think, the three models of each respective brand that keeps them high in that list or where they are in that list. Nobody's recognizing new balance for a 1700 right but the 550 like you can get that at any shoe retailer probably on sale and a nice white base shoe anybody of any age like that's why i think about it we were all kind of surprised jordan brand was low but jordan brand really is they position themselves as an aspirational brand right a little more expensive um you're probably going to be more either fashion focused or uh, athletics focused right if you're in the jordan brand but like a New Balance 550 or a Samba could be worn by all those people I, I just described in Jordan brand when they're off the court and everybody in between. So it's weird, but it's kind of I can see how. Yeah. No, it makes sense, uh, especially with people more price conscious too. Jordan brands, no matter how you cut it, there's just like I say aspirationals, really high prices. But those other brands, you can find shoes from the shoes we're talking about, those very popular ones, the 550, the Samba all what 120 and lower right absolutely and i mean i think whenever i come to this topic around brand awareness and i see that adi is in first place the thing i naturally drift to and i hate saying this because i think we took a vow the four of us that we would never mention he who shall not be named on this podcast (laughs) again but i'm wondering is that also contributing to some of that impact because for a while in spite of the problematic things that this individual had said he was continually seeming to jump over the jump man, as one of his lyrics so clearly states. And it's startling to see an entire industry kind of come to a halt when it comes to that fad. And I think it's fair now to call his product a fad. I will not name his product because his name is very similar to, or his product name is very similar (laughs) to his actual name. But I think that's the natural thing I now gravitate towards as well when it comes to Adi being number one, because as much as we'd like to think he does not play a pivotal part in the industry, if this survey was taken on November 23rd, I still think that there are remnants or aftershocks of his lasting impact as an Adidas employee or designer. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's possible a little bit. I think like the TikTok thing is the huge, the huge movement, right? Like the, the other thing about like the, the Samba is that so many people probably don't know the difference between like the various versions of the song. I mean, there's like seven yeah. different like OG colorway. There's looking. a vegan one. There's yeah. so many. And then yeah. you get into like, you know, the campus and those types of shoes that have a very Zell, similar, like Zell. old school soccer, old school football vibe. And I don't think it, I don't think it really matters to a lot of the, the mainstream consumers, like what shoe it is, as long as it has the, 
classic three stripes on the side and and is you know relatively comfortable and slim is it a far stretch to call the samba the chuck taylor of adidas his arsenal i I would say recently yeah i mean it's never the thing about the samba that's surprising to me is that that shoe has never really had in the last like 20 years like i have a pair of sambas from high school or close to high school like that's a long time ago for those that don't know how old I am. That's a really long time ago. <laughs> and that shoe, but I still have like the back then, like you had to cut the tongue because it came with the extended tongue, like the actual yeah. playing sh- boot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it really hasn't had a moment like that since like the late nineties, early two thousands. And I think the shoes yeah. that have in between, you know, like, I mean, five, six years ago, there were like Stan Smith's everywhere. Like you just could not get away from them. The superstar when Pharrell did his color wheel thing, like six months after that color wheel post, all those shoes were selling like hotcakes. They might not have been on the resale market, but they were definitely selling out at retail. But to Robbie's yeah. point about like those general release shoes that are like either white based or completely tonal, people eat it up. And I think we're kind of seeing that in in like kind of, you know, I guess to that Crocs conversation, a little bit of the outside of the sneaker world sneakers right now that are um really popping off are these uggs tasman boots right they sell mm-hmm. there's like i mean costco is making knockoffs of them so you know they're doing <laughs> well right and like i think it was he sh- he sh- who shall not be named like that 18 guy. months 24 months ago with like you know the kind of injection molded foam type stuff and that went and was like okay it was it was knocked off by every company in some way or, or another. And then every company was like, well, we can't completely copy it. So let's do like a slip in boot into yeah. a foam, which shout out to the Saucony team for that. Like I actually love those shoes and I would have picked up the Jordan ones had I just been paying attention when they actually came out. But I say that to say like, I think the internet trends are driving things so hard. Like the peaks are so much higher than what we've seen. You know, like we think of like the Jordan 11 and like a million pairs or whatever it is. And like, that's always been a talking point for the sneaker community. But in my opinion now, like the trends on TikTok and and social on the short form video side can absolutely flip any of those expected things upside down. And I think that's where like, champion and sneakers is not a common thread yeah but i think because of social like people probably know some of those 40 dollar, 50 dollar champion shoes that you know are just cheap on amazon and cheap on the walmart site and you know like there's enough of that going out especially with the economy being challenging over the last few years that people are probably just like, I'm not going to buy, to Mike's point, I'm not going to buy $150, $200 Jordan when, like, this shoe looks kind of cool and it's 40 bucks. Yep. So the Skechers also being high on here, just to piggyback off Nick and my travels in New York, the amount of dislike dads, not like cool dads, but just dads, men of dad age, <laughs> however... I can't just see you or dad if you don't have a kid. But what I'm getting to is your average, literally your average Joe, regardless of skin color, was wearing Skechers. Like people unloading the dock, people, you know, workers in an all black Skecher, like tourists, 
like uh, so many Skechers. Like it's it makes sense. And on the Adidas thing, bringing up the Pharrell and then the Stan Smith, well, not just the Pharrell, right? The superstar Adidas has always been really good at having one model popping off culturally, right? I mean, they're not yeah. going to have Stan Smith's and Samba's cool at the same time. The world's not big enough for all that, but they're really good at pushing that one, yeah. at least one lifestyle model that's going to move this type of needle. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And I, and I don't think people realize, I can't remember which numbers it is, but a lot of shoes are just like constant burns. It may not have like the the flare-ups, like, again, the Samba's having right now, like Nick said, to Stan Smith a couple years back. But I want to say, is it behind the Stan Smith? Like, the Samba's, like, the second or third best-selling Adidas shoe of all time. So it's not like it just, oh, disappeared. It's been constantly selling. It's been put in the limelight again and makes it more popular because, again, it's something different. You can tell now, I mean, with Nike, going back to the, the digital age, the TikTok age, it was a dunk that was super popular. Jordan 1, it was super popular for Jordan brand. People start to transition again to something else that's very similar in the sense of classic, uh, more casual wear, not super you know athletic. It is now that Samba, which is going to be that traditional heritage model. And then to Robbie's point, I'm not surprised Skechers is on there. Where I live, I drive down uh, our highway of 40, uh, 45, and there's one mall that has a Skechers like factory store. And I go down probably about 10 more miles as a factory store freestanding. Like, I think when people when we see this list initially, we're like, "Oh crap, how's that happen?" But then our better judgment kicks, and we know that this list, those sneakers, like we buy about ten percent of the things in that list, but the ninety percent are for the general. Well, I don't say general, general public, but you know, just people who need shoes. Like Robbie said, just that age guy in New York needs something comfortable. And hey, Skechers was they fit the bill. Probably got two for eighty nine, two for a hundred, and can beat them down in the streets of New York. And now he's second thought. It's the shoe that dads buy for their selves so that way they can save the money and put that towards their kids' sneakerhead collection. Like, that's right. Skechers in a nutshell, right? And yep. it is the shoe of the people. And as of right now, my understanding is there isn't any sort of controversy surrounding them as a brand the way we're seeing with Nike and Adidas in terms of a political slant. So right now, neutrality is king, and I think they're reaping the benefits of it, as well as the fact that for a lot of people, Sneakers aren't necessarily an extended thought. They put their pair of sneakers on and they go about their day. Present company excluded. Shout outs to Mike and Nick for doing their 365 sneakers. Like, we're not that. <laughs> I'll be surprised in the 365 days between the two of you if I see a single sketcher. Like, that over under on that is 0.5. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just one shoe, not two. Just one. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think that the other point around that, around sketchers is like, I, Clearly just went to Costco this week, so uh, not shouting out Costco, not an ad, but if they want to sponsor, I'll be wearing Kirkland Signature <laughs> stuff in the future. Um, but they have Skechers at Costco, too. And I think, like, what what we're also – we're all kind of alluding to is, like, another kind of unspoken thing around, like, the shift in what – in retail habits, right? The average consumer used to go to the mall, and the dad would buy some Monarchs. The average consumer doesn't go to the mall anymore – the kids do the cool kids go shopping in like the shopping districts, go downtown, those types of things. So I think we have like that middle of the road, like, you know, bulk customer base, in my opinion, is no longer the, you know, core sneaker shopper that it used to be. Right. Like sneakers have become like you have to be very focused to go after sneakers. 
and <laughs> are you fighting sorry. your cat, dude? <laughs> Cut it. Sorry. <laughs> All good. But I think it's interesting because I think a lot of that is like to Mike's point. Like if you can, if you see a Skechers store every ten miles, then why would you? You're not thinking about Foot Locker or Champs or even Nike at that point, you know. So here's what's double crazy is like how many people in our discord have posted photos of like their dads coincidentally in cool shoes. At one point you could get an air force one. Right. And for like 30 bucks, like on sale. Right. And like a dad would see, Ooh, a white pair of Nikes for $30. Like that's kind of what I'm trying to spend or whatever shoe it might be. But now Nike's fucking expensive. Like, unless you're, like, you're going to an outlet and finding the right thing or yeah. looking what you're looking for in an outlet, finding what you're looking for in an outlet is tough. But if yeah. Skechers has that white shoe you're looking for for that $30, $40 price range, and you're already, you know, it's just like they've sw- swooped in to where so many brands keep elevating their profile or, you know, their perception of themselves. Skechers is like, fuck it, we're not cool. You need a white pair of shoes, you need a black pair of shoes, got you. Like, it's, it's it makes sense. They even yeah. pick people to be their spokespeople who aren't necessarily traditionally cool, like Snoop Dogg aside, because he just went out there and got a bag of money. But people like Tony Romo, for example, you know what? Kim, Tony Romo's not a cool shape person, ups. but come on, <laughs> I forgot about those. Joe Montana, yeah, Joe Montana. But Mont- it's like, <laughs> but it's people, you know, it's people yeah. your you know your dad would know. They, he's like, yeah. oh, I, I know Tony Romo. I know, like, I, I'm gonna wear his shoe. Oh. Like same thought process we have of like, oh Jordan, he's like. I know Tony Romo. He's sensible. I'm going to get a shoe like him. You know, things like that. Tony Romo's yeah. dad's quarterback age. Like if Tony Romo is your quarterback, you probably have a kid. Like if I'm putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think the thing is going to be very interesting is let's see in the next two years, similar to the over under, I gave you guys in terms of your 365 shoe, like the over under in terms of median age for a Skechers indoor C, I'm going to go 35 and a half. And I'm taking the over every time. Like, there's nobody I can think of under the age of 40 that realistically could talk themselves into being a sketcher endorser. I don't care how big that bag is. <laughs> Wait for the check in the mail. Sketchers, you know what to yeah. do. <laughs> sketchers, you know what? Make me eat crow. Send your blank check to Mike Guillory. And no, just, I mean, like, Mike, I'm cheering for you, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Like, no, they would never. At this I point, mean, the only thing I could think of is if Scottie Pippen truly was so petty and so upset against Michael Jordan and his son for taking his ex-wife away. Like, that's the only dude I could see do a Skechers ad. And that's out of pure retaliation and spite. Wearing black cement Skechers just to be listed that person. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I mean, I, I have to give Ske- Skechers some props, though, because, you know, signing signing the athletes that they've signed in the past, you know, 60 days for their performance <laughs> stuff has actually been way more than they've ever put forth into like reaching the sneakerhead audience. Right. Yeah. Although. So, so we got what Harry Kane, Julius Randle, Jojo. Yeah. Jo- Allegedly Joel Embiid. Unofficially. Well, yeah. see, that's what I was, I was leading. I was trying to give you a nice segue for that. Like, eh? Presumably. <laughs> I, I gave you Jojo. Cause I was waiting for somebody to say, leave and get out. It's the end of you and me, and that would be the, the metaphor. Part, this is my first thought. I'm like, she's not an athlete. <laughs> no, but you have to trust the process with Skechers because, I mean, if we are to believe contract allegations, they were in business with Joel Embiid. But recently, Joel Embiid did something pretty spectacular, right, guys? 
Yeah. 70 piece. 70 points. And 18 it, rebounds. Don't don't thank get you. that. Yeah. <laughs> and 18 confused. rebounds. And probably had like four or five blocks that we're not even gonna consider. But the crazy part Jeez. about that though is like he's not even wearing like his newest shoes from Under Armour. He's wearing the, the Embiid yeah, one, one, which is two, three, four years old now, I think. It, it might be longer than that, honestly. Well, I think he had a five year deal, right? And I think okay. I think he wore Did like he some like five team Embiid's? No, I only think there's two, only two. The second one you didn't even hear about. Yeah, the second one was like the the falling off point. But that's the point. Like we're into sneakers, and we we all did the like, what shoe is that even? And it's like it's hard to know like what he's wearing. He also blanked out or ripped off the logos of the shoes. Like so clearly he wants to get away from Under Armour. It seems odd that he hasn't just locked in a deal for this. But like obviously, he's a smart man. He's yeah, like already got the shoes at home. He's not a, he's not us. Yeah. If you see Joel Embiid out like in the wild too, dresses in sweatshirts, so he'll he'll like be around milk, meek mill, milk mill, meek mill <laughs> dripping. You know, Balenciaga, diamonds, everything, and Joel Embiid in a sweatshirt and it's like uh, and a seventy sixers sweatshirt too. Like yeah, he's not man, buying a clothes, but he's not buying nice. another sweatshirt. Yeah, he's nice. got. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Michael Rubin. Yeah. Um, so twenty twenty yeah. is when they released the Embiid one. Yeah. So it's been a, a, about four years now since that shoe's released. He's like, you know what? They still got tread on them. I'm go ahead and just use these bad boys. I got boxing them at home. I bet you in the meeting when they try to resign Joel, they're like, well, Joel, um, it came out in 2020. That was the COVID time. And this is like, yeah, that yeah. was the problem. <laughs> yeah. My fault you guys going to try shoot. I mean, to be fair, the, it, the Embiid one is actually probably one of Under Armour's better looking like modern newest shoes outside of the Curry line, right? It kind of looks like Mm -hmm. uh, this might be a little blasphemous. It kind of looks like one of the Kyrie, the coat. No, it's not the Kyrie, the Kobe. What was it like? The ADs. Yeah. Like it's very similar in like, like side profile. Obviously the cushioning and the midsole looks way different, which is where the one thing where Under Armour goes wrong. But the biggest thing about Under Armour for me is like the logo is just terrible. Like, it doesn't look right on the side of a shoe. It looks slow. It looks old. It's not a fast logo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it do looks we like really care about the? Well. I was gonna say, do we really care about the second best Under Armour shoe? That's like being the third best Jackson in the Jackson Five. Like, <laughs> sorry, just it's Jermaine, obviously. Sorry, Tito. Uh, sorry, it's Tito. Nice. Tito. Marlon. Forget about Marlon. Um, so, so uh, on that note, like, do people even care about signature shoes anymore? Right. If Joel Embiid can't sell shoes and he is borderline MVP conversation every year, if not the MVP, like kind of in that same vein, like Devin Booker not being happy with the way that the rollout of his shoe has gone and Shaq trying to ch- trying to get in his DMs or whatever on Instagram. I feel like we have like unrealistic expectations for signature sneakers at this point because of what Nike and Jordan did in the nineties and leading into like the, the mid two thousands. And now it's like, people just don't care about the, you know, they want to buy the shoe from their favorite athlete, but are they looking to buy it every single year? I don't know. No. And on on top of that, I think like the, the like Mike, like make me be like, and that's Gatorade. Right. But like, you know, be like Mike buy the shoes. Yeah. With all due respect, and I mean all due respect, who the that fuck wakes up and is like, I want to be like Paul George to the point where you're obsessed with him, no, like no you're obsessed with Michael Jordan. Jordan. And Paul George has fans, people like him. 
He's a great guy. Do not get me wrong. But who the fuck wakes up in the middle of the night sweating, thinking about Paul George? Like you wake up in the middle of the night sweating, thinking about Michael Jordan. Like it's not the same. And Nike's just tried to do it over, not tried. They've done it over and over and over. Wasn't that the Gatorade commercial? Like him waking up in the middle of the night sweating? A Michael Jordan commercial? Yeah. No, no, Paul George. I thought Paul George also woke up and. I thought, anyway, I'm sure somebody in the Discord will tell us. I think this, I'm going to be, I guess, I don't know if we've heard this term formally, so I'm just going to christen it right now. I'm going to be a sizist. Big men can't move sneakers. It's historically accurate. I I refuse to believe otherwise. But then on the flip side, and we just talked about this in a episode you as a listener may listen to before or after this, I do care about signature shoes, i.e. the AE1. Like mm-hmm. that rollout has been fantastic. I know people that have no idea who AE or who AE, who Anthony Edwards is, but at the same time, they're intrigued by that rollout. They're intrigued by watching him play basketball this year. And that to me is probably the most nostalgic feeling I can get around a signature product. And I may also sound like a big brand apologist when I say this. There is a certain credibility that comes to me when I see a athlete sponsored by one of the big two. Like I can buy into that. I'm having a harder time buying into it from the likes of an Anta or an Under Armour or Skechers even if we ever see the light of day in terms of a JoJo Skecher one. So I got to play devil's advocate then because on the flip side of that, Devin Booker. So I would buy an Anthony Edwards shoe if I could get my hands on one. No question. I would have bought the all orange Devin Booker shoe if it released 100%. Like I, I think the shoe looks dope. I love the all orange shoe. Like you don't see that from Nike as much in like performance models. And to your point about like the nostalgia of the rollout, that's the thing that's kind of interesting because there's a lot of discourse on social over the past few weeks about the Devin Booker line. And those shoes, all the, almost all the colorways he's worn so far have had like nostalgic colorways. And I think the shoe itself actually looks like a, a more nostalgic shoe. He has a 70 point game under his you know, like might have been five years ago or whatever, whenever it was. But like this comparison is really interesting. And I think that you're absolutely right. Big men just can't sell shoes. You know, like even Giannis, man, Giannis's shoes are actually really incredible. But how many people are going to like, I'm the, I feel like Robbie's personally attacking me every time he talks about people supporting Paul George. Cause I'm like the only <laughs> one of us that has multiple Paul George shoes. And it's not like it's it's nothing against like it, it's just the nature of the. I've had a couple. I've sold them. I like them. Yeah, like they're like good the shoes, but there's so many of them out there that are so similar. Of like, oh, it's a guard. I love low top or low cut or fairly you know lightweight and performance oriented basketball shoes. How do I choose between them? Right, KD, Kyrie. You know, like Nike okay. has five or six to choose from, and we would all choose to buy Sabrina's shoe. So like. It's just a weird time. Well, it's one thing we miss. Like, so if you get a, a was it a Venn diagram, you get two circles that want to meet in the middle. You're going to have the explosiveness, the athleticism, which people want to be like when they put the shoes on. You have this crazy personality. You need to have them meet in the middle. So with that, that's why Anthony Edwards, I think, is so, um, so successful right now. I mean, I know it's only the first colorway, but. They sold out. I mean, I literally cannot find a size 10 for retail to save my life right now. And he put out commercials, dog nose shoes. He's been putting, you know, he's been putting the show on the court in the shoes. Like he's been doing everything he's supposed to do. Do the work in the shoes, you know, 
talk trash, support your own shoe, and it's, it's paying off in dividends for him. Devin Booker has zero personality. Oh. The shoe... I oh. don't like Devin Booker. <laughs> I don't. No, I no. don't. Nothing against him. It's just... And he does nothing for... He's like... He does have no... Like, outwardly, very little personality. Yeah. yeah he's, he's a great basketball player. It's nothing yeah, about... But it's it. like, I, I can't... It. I, I have nothing to... Support whether it be I don't like the Timberwolves <laughs> whatsoever, but like God dang, Anthony Edwards is good. You yeah. know, I can't I can't deny it. Devin Booker, I'm like he scored seventy. I didn't see him on the court. Yeah, like, but, I, so I, I forgot he was there. Are you gonna buy a Are you gonna buy a De'Aaron Fox Curry brand shoe when he gets his first signature? Because I mean, you can't deny he's good and he's no, got a better personality. I, he does. If it's a good looking shoe, I'm right there. Here's the issue, right? For all of the brilliance of the shoe, Mike just mentioned something about the AE rollout, which are the commercials behind it. They're fantastic. They're a breath of fresh and old air. There is nothing memorable about the Devin Booker rollout from a media perspective. Like the only thing I can remember off the top of my head, and correct me if I'm wrong, is the fact that they decided to do a launch in Miami, but not Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. And I shot wear skating in them. That was the coolest thing. Was it was yeah. I shot wear skating yeah. in them? That was I was like, that would have been a dope commercial if you're trying to go for that casual market of like, hey, you can do anything in this shoe. They missed the but, mark there. Yeah. I mean, 500 pairs at our Basel, what, what Roy was talking about. But Mike, to your point as well, at least the AE1 saw a what we consider a traditional release. It may have been hard to get, but we all knew that at a certain date, at a certain time, they were going to go live on Adidas.com. They were going to go live on Full Locker, on Champs. Nike continues to exude this aura of being a very privileged very sophisticated, very luxurious brand. And with mm-hmm. that, they feel there needs to be certain barriers of entry to acquire their product. I get that if it's an established star. But I think one thing that they dropped the ball with Devin, but not necessarily with Sabrina Ionescu, is the fact that the Sabrina Ionescu shoe was so readily accessible. And I almost think that this is the approach that they have to take whenever they give a new athlete a signature yeah. shoe. The first one should be so common to get because essentially you're trying to build that foundation from the ground up. And you can only do that with that captivating first shoe. And while I agree that Devin Booker sometimes leaves a little to be desired, maybe that's his own personal doing. I'm not going to attack someone's personality. Nike's dropped the ball here in a sense more than anything. Oh, yeah. They didn't. They haven't done enough to push the shoe because I, I mean, I I can say that you know I'm 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 saying that about like his personality comparison to Anthony Edwards. I would probably be the same way as a, as a famous person. I would like be my, myself and not be the most outwardly spoken person. But if you're trying to sell a product, I mean, the big push was seems like to get people invested were these really crazy you know cool colored PEs and then giving Drake a pair early. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, we're kind of just in a weird spot, to Rowett's point. Like, Nike doesn't typically have to do full rollouts for their athletes the way they once did. And I think yeah. we, we're kind of in the, an interesting spot, too, where, like, Devin Booker's, like, appeal to me is that he's pretty low-key. You know, like, where's Chuck's mm-hmm. 90% of the time? Like, he, he just seems like like somebody I would kick it with. And, and you know, like, to me, that's why I... I gravitate towards the shoe where like on the flip side of that, one of the other talking points from the list is like Puma, right? Puma is like obviously a massive brand, but like thinking about signature shoes, I love the Lamellos, but like even I can't keep track of the differences between some of the (laughs) models and the colorways because they went so hard on the, like throw every color in the book at it from the get go. You know, like it's just seems very it's like the opposite strategy if like if like yeah the the sweet spot is 
I was going to say you you almost like nailed the Jordan 2011 quick and explosive saying from the insoles that they're swappable insoles, but you yeah. But like Anthony Edwards is like the perfect sweet spot in the middle, and you know Devin Booker as low, a- low key on one end, and Lamelo Ball is like in your face running red lights out of the stadium, you know, <laughs> on the other end, right? So. Like Puma with Lamelo, they're like, "Hey, everything we have, we're gonna throw it on the wall. Whatever sticks, we're gonna sell it." They still produce the the. It was it MB01. Yeah, like they still they don't produce the two. I don't. Or they do a two low, the one, and now they do the three. They're literally just like, if we can make it, we will sell it. Which I respect the see what you're saying. It can be overwhelming to somebody like, "Hey, I just want to get into this shoe somewhere. Where where do I kind of start?" Yeah. So I can I can see that can be too much. Yep. And I was gonna say this. I really liked your point, Nick, around letting the shoe kind of dictate it because to your point it seems puma is sacrificing their own core integrity their core personality and using lamellos as their forward-facing personality because hey lamello is crazy we have to be crazy i'm a cool mom i let you guys drink as well (laughs) nike seemingly is doing the opposite from a perspective of no we've got the infrastructure we've been doing this for 50 plus years we're not going to let the personality of the athlete shine as much because, hey, we have the secret sauce. And to the Venn diagram or that middle point in the segment, Adidas is perfect in this regard. They've taken equal amounts of their own corporate blueprints and corporate DNA and melded it and molded it perfectly with Anthony Edwards' gregarious and extroverted personality. And that, to me, ultimately is the difference between all three of them if you're comparing them. Adidas's campaign, Adidas's shoe feels the most genuine, and I don't feel that with either the Puma or the Nike. Yeah. At first, I did with the Puma. Uh, I still like the shoe, but no, you're right. I feel like it is something that's just like, hey, this guy really rides and dies with his his, his sneaker. It's not just, hey, this brand's making me sell it. Um, yeah, it's just something you can. It's just something you can feel like to say that the, him being genuine with it and like everything puts together. Just the whole, I guess, the whole ensemble was put together nicely to make it a desirable product. I think even one step beyond it, like because I 100 percent agree the 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 rollout and everything, but like just even from a des- design perspective, right? It really is mm. like kind of going back to like core Adidas basketball, right? Like it's not you know feet you wear, and it's not you know kobe audi inspired shoes but you're gonna love it or gonna hate it and you're gonna talk about it which is what adidas basketball did amazing with the kobe line originally and then they kind of went into this weird time where like they couldn't keep the right athletes around and like they just you know like the bounce stuff didn't work and like they they've come back around where it's like okay like the other shoes we're talking about the the booker or the you know the lamello and a lot of the signature shoes like even like i i really like the kd what are we 15 16 15 um the 16, 16 right now yeah, yeah, 16, 16. yeah i think it's 16. um but like i pay attention to sneakers every day and i can't tell you the difference mm-hmm. i can't remember because there's so many of them and yeah I loved seeing all of all of the people like arguing on the internet over like, oh, this is terrible. They should have never put another player's shoes. Can't believe KD <laughs> retweeted, blah, blah, blah type of stuff. But like that's what that's the beauty of it, right? Like it made people yeah. feel something in a time where a lot of people are just like, whatever, I'll just go buy some sketchers. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that Nike is just too crowded of a roster now where kind of the ideas are getting watered down and we're not getting enough no one's getting enough attention like you it's like hey we're not getting enough pressure here we're not doing enough here compared to adidas who has a more concise roster of what 
You got Dane, Trey, AE. Am I missing Harden? Anybody? Harden. And all, I feel like I'm missing somebody All else, those though. shoes stand out compared to, even though like different. I don't like all those shoes, like all those players on Adidas have shoes that are fairly stand out compared to the styles that, you know, like that They're core. signature. Yeah, the core basketball stuff seems to be like very safe for design from a design perspective. But yeah, there's a homogenous. Yeah. There's a homogenousness to Nike's basketball sneakers for what feels like the last five years. And to the point that we've kind of made about Adi, no sneakers entirely alike. Like you look at something, especially with the newer hardens, that's unlike any shoe I've seen anywhere, regardless yeah. of the brand. Yeah. And they continue to revel in that in a way that feels once again, I use this buzzword when it comes to Adidas a lot recently, which is authentic. They are comfortable in their own skin. And if you're not comfortable with it, oh, well. And as somebody that cites the Adidas Kobe 2 as one of his favorite sneakers, although it's as beautiful as it is ugly, we're going back to that from an Adidas perspective. And I think they're going to benefit from it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think the uh, the last thing I would say is like just from a storytelling perspective, you know, Nike still does it the best. Right. But the things that used to sell people sneakers like i think that that abalone lebron looks amazing i wouldn't yeah. have bought it on my own but now your story row it from the other episode i would potentially buy that shoe if i saw it on sale just to be like oh this was a cool memory to have in 10 15 years from now i'll pull it out and be like i'm gonna wear these today and i'm gonna think about this moment and like the conversations we had around it where i think that's like a missing piece that hopefully everybody that listens to this can think about when they're picking up shoes because you make the stories yourselves yeah. when you're wearing them, right? Like Robbie going to New York and seeing stuff and Skechers like coming back and like being able to see the stuff that you wore. And like, you know, I know Mike and I've talked about like with the kids, you know, like, and like those types of things just change everything about the way we remember things. So I guess like I'm a little off the wall here, but um, it's like, well, just Mikey does it best because they've signed the best athletes. So like the moments, yeah. It's not coincidentally, Nike didn't make the shot, didn't do the block, right? That was LeBron that's wearing yeah, Nikes. So, I mean, that's where they they have the deepest pool of memories because they've had some of the best athletes across mm -hmm. every sport. Yeah. Can I ask one last question? Sabrina's rollout for the Sabrina one felt very traditional in the Nike sense in the fact that it got me inspired to buy the sneakers. Now, the question I have, and this is a billion, if not a trillion dollar question to the listening audience, as well as anybody that's in the industry. Why is it that what you did for Sabrina, you can't seem to do for any of your other basketball athletes, not named LeBron or KD? And I can make the argument you haven't really done that with LeBron and KD in recent memory yet either. Um, I'm trying to think anybody. Uh, is it something as simple as the fact that we are now in what I consider to be the golden era of women's sports and there's a spotlight on these women in a way that's never been there before? So with that, you can kind of take these chances and dive a little bit deeper into your playbook. Whereas because we always know that the NBA is going to be more popular than the WNBA, the skill level and the competition level will always be significant. That, that kind of caps us from a creativity perspective. And they probably just take it for granted, too, on the, the, the men's side because, oh, OK, they, they'll see the jaw. They'll see. Uh, you know, Tatum, they'll see whoever Zion and they'll, the shoe will sell itself, right? That's kind of, I feel like the thought process because typically we're going to watch, you know, NBA when it's on, right? Those, yep. those, those spotlight games, those uh, marquee games, we're going to take a look at and like, oh, he's wearing this or that. I think it was 
with Sabrina coming in being the after, you know, for you know what, since Cheryl swoops, uh, have a signature, having a signature shoe as a woman with Nike, um, with basketball, that is, um, they had to put a little bit more muscle behind it and it paid off. I remember there was actually a at least one Sabrina commercial I saw, uh, a lot of push with the social media side of things, and it paid off. I mean, you see people from all walks of basketball wearing her shoe, men's, women's, kids. And it's a good-looking product. It performs well. There's no question. We don't have to. There's, there's no big question mark. And I think that's and that's with the Booker. There's a big question mark because design-wise, I feel like it's more casual than than athletic. I feel like it's not something I would put my foot on the court because I'm like, I mean, clearly a high level NBA player is wearing it and it's been doing well for him. But the way I perceive the shoe is more like, hey, am I throwing a pair of dunks or Jordan one not hit the court? But last thing, and I know we'll probably end after this. You even look at something, Sabrina's co-star in her spots, right? It was Drewski. Drewski mm-hmm. is a internet comedian as far as I'm concerned. He feels more in touch with the culture the same way Spike Lee did or alongside Michael Jordan or Mike Epps did with Kobe with the Kobe 4. Like, I just don't see that type of effort, lack of a better term, when we're pushing the stars. And yes, you can make the argument that LeBron is a star in his own right. There's nobody that can shine alongside him. He's always going to be the brightest light in a room. But I don't know. I just feel like there's money being left on the table. I mean, I think it's actually, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I could get super deep into like uh, really how that rolled out, how that rollout went. And I think just the the easiest way, and I hate that this is the, the way that I would say it, but like it felt organic, mm-hmm. you know, like to your point, Drewski, like, the connection to pop culture, to, to women's sports, to, you know, going back to like, Hey, we're finally getting, you know, back on the train that we should have been on for the past 30 years. I feel like that, you know, there wasn't, there was clarity in like where they were coming from with that shoe. You know, they even, you know, like did the Leslie, um, Lisa Leslie dunks, you know, a few, a few Mm -hmm. months before, you know, like the team behind it all, I think really was, on the same page, just like, Hey, this is, we're going to keep this simple and this is going to be the message. And I think, I think with the LeBron stuff specifically and, you know, Katie too, but like LeBron, I think the messages get lost because, you know, as much as like, I try to watch most games, I'm also seeing like what LeBron wore in the tunnel. I'm seeing, you know, like a PE colorway, like, there are literally, you know, 300 different shoes that LeBron wears over the course of a season. How do I how do I latch on to one story when the story is gone the next day? You know, where like the story for Sabrina was just like, here it is. Basketball is back. You know, like women's basketball is back in the Nike sphere of importance and we're moving forward with it. And I think well, that's the simple way that I would say the difference is. But yeah. But that's why we're falling back into retros, though. Just a quick last thought on that. Do you notice that with LeBron's, we're all looking at the Arizona generations when they come out. People are looking forward to the Fruity, Fruity Pebbles 4 PEs when they come out. Uh, KDs, they, there's no all-star new shoe we're looking for. Galaxy KD4s are coming back. Uh, Nerfs are coming back. You're the Dragons. There's so much, like you said, Nick, that it's not uh, a macro view or it's not a micro view anymore. It's like, hey, there's five shoes coming out for this person this year. 
I want to check him out. There's this huge view of like, I can't even process the information of LeBron switched shoes three times in the game. Like what? Uh, I don't know what he has on his feet. And so not only that, I'm gonna get, it's going to get spotlight three different, you know, 30 different uh, Instagram accounts going to show me all the shoes. I'm going to see all the stuff on ESPN. I'm going to see all the stuff on Bleacher Report. And it's easier for us, I think, to go back to, hey, I know this. Like, I've been in this game long enough. I, I know Arizona Generations. I know LeBron 4s. I know these all-star shoes, these phone pods. I want to, like, live my, stay my lane here. And it's not new to us, but seeing Sabrina, that was something new. Uh, and it was fresh. Like you say, it was organic. You'd be like, oh, I want to gravitate towards something different. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Listeners, let us yeah. know what you think. <laughs> I mean, I'll put this list in, you know, this list into like wherever you watching this, wherever you are watching this or listening to this. But uh, we definitely want to hear from you. If you aren't in the discord, make sure you hit the first link wherever you're consuming this show. Uh, it will get us get you into the discord. And uh, I guess also like guys, let them know how they can find you outside of the show. Find me here, Sneaker History, of course. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at MadWatcher789. Of course, on YouTube, you can find me at Mike Guillory. You can find me on Instagram on Blue Sky at RoadM13 and on Twitter slash X at RoadEasy. Robbie, how about yourself? And you can find me at R-A-H-B-E-E-702. You can find me at Nick Ingvall on all the platforms. Uh, more importantly, just follow us at Sneaker History, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks for rocking with us. We appreciate you. Peace. See you. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.